Hi guys and welcome to today's live. Um, thank you for bearing with us. Today's start time is 8.45 rather than normal 8.30. Um, as I do some Wednesdays, run home from uni. Um, but we are here ready to start. Today we have a special guest. Um, obviously we're trying to mix it up, bring you guys some really cool people to come and talk about um, issues you might have not thought about. Um, so today we've got Elliot on later um, and we're talking about fatherhood and mental health. Um, if you didn't know, this week is Child Children Mental Health Week. Um, so that also ties in really well with that as well. Um, welcome, welcome guys. Thank you, thank you for joining us tonight. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Um, there's some really interesting things that I've actually just asked my partner about as well, um, just in terms of fatherhood and um, the toll it takes on a guy to be a dad. Um, something we never really think about, nothing, something we never really talk about. So it'd be really good, really interesting to obviously get into that tonight. Um, I hope you guys are all well. We're waiting for our guest hope you guys are well um definitely put any questions you have in the question box and hopefully we get started soon it's been a really busy day for me today um i've actually been feeling so overwhelmed um with just life and just in general so It'd be really good to actually get some pointers on how to deal with life, guys. Overwhelmed over here. Um, here's our person. I might have to restart this live just because... Oh, there we go. I was thinking because I'm rambling on and I don't like that <laughs> in a live. Uh, I'm requesting, accepting your request to join. Hi, hi. Hey. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? <laughs> yeah, okay. Hi, <laughs> Princess, in the background. Say hello. You should hi, be in bed. Go upstairs, please. Go upstairs. Bye bye, you go. <laughs> bye, pretty princess. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye bye, you go. All right, see ya. Bye. <laughs> oh, it's, just, it's crazy when it's bedtime that's when the stories come that's when the you know this about my day oh well mommy i need yeah. to talk to you and all these sort of things come out um luckily i wasn't home when it was time to go to bed so they just went to bed okay today usually i'll be like yeah. <laughs> usually I'll be like they're, they're gonna pop out any second but yeah no, they, they went to bed straight away um yeah that's an alternative. I don't know if you guys, do you have that, like, dynamic? I guess, I don't know, in terms of, like, there's a good cop, bad cop. So, like, dad's quite stern with them. He just yeah. Very, you know, as if mummy's here, then it's, oh, but, you know, all fluff and fairies with me. And he's just like, if she wasn't here, you wouldn't be doing all of this. You just get on with it. So just get yeah. on with it. I'm the more like, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
I just want to come down and chill, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I want to come down and have my time, so I'm more like get everyone done with, <laughs> yeah. so I can relax I'm, and chill out. I'm more like, oh, let's talk. Oh, what happened to your day? Oh, let's read the story. Oh, then everything comes out. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's welcome to our platform. Um, so great to have you here today, Elliot. Um, please introduce yourself for people who have not come across you before. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching, first and foremost. So my name's Elliot Ray, and I'm a dad, as you've just seen. <laughs> um, a dad of one, and a husband, and also I do um, a platform. I run a platform called Music Football Fatherhood, which is a parenting platform for dads. We do loads of support in terms of community events. Um, we produce loads of content around podcasts and blogs. We have a book that we've written, um, and I do loads of talks around dad's mental health and supporting dads and redefining masculinity with corporate organizations as well so yeah busy 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 yeah and obviously did you mention the documentary did you mention your documentary nah, i thought no. I, I thought i knew that one <laughs> <laughs> no we need we need to give you we, we need to give you all the flowers so please <laughs> mention everything that you've done because it's crazy that like people people are doing things behind the scenes and it's not until you get into that space that you realize oh my gosh all of this is happening um yeah. i think even with obviously watching your documentary recently the whole fatherhood um meant trauma after birth or trauma during birth i was like hold on he didn't he didn't experience anything <laughs> And I've actually come home. So I'm yeah. like, no, but did you, did you see anything? Because, again, mine was an emergency C-section. Baby was in an yeah. incubator. So there was quite oh. a lot of stuff going on. But I don't think mm. I ever stepped back and thought, how did you feel about it? It was definitely focused on me. Definitely me going to, like, get therapy afterwards and doing a lot of stuff okay, with yeah. me. But no focus. Yeah, again, the guys just get up and, mm. yeah, we're fine. We have to deal with it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's that was really key for me. I couldn't believe that that was the actual thing. But yeah, no, I've done my job then. That was, that's, that's, that's part of the point of just kind of raising awareness of it, I guess. And it's not to say that every man and every dad's going to have the same experience. Some yeah. won't, some will be fine. Um, but yeah, a lot will, you know. And a lot of it is that it's just not even considered because obviously we don't go through the physical birth process. Um, so it's just kind of assumed that, oh, they're just, they're just there. They'll be fine. Nothing. They haven't been through anything. Mm -hmm. But I think part of that is because no one talks to them. Yeah. So, so no one knows. And then the other side of that is that, you know, the traditional ideas of masculinity and what it means to be a man and, you know, meaning that you can't then go and speak up. So you get men that don't speak up, even if they are feeling something, they don't talk about it. So mm -hmm. when you have those two things combining, it kind of results in, what happens often which is the dad isn't really considered at all in like the birthing process so yeah if the documentary did that then we've done our job it raised awareness definitely definitely yeah so my kids are four now and i have no, never asked this question have you got twins <laughs> yeah i've got twins a boy and a girl. oh wow so, <laughs> literally um best of both worlds but i yeah. never yeah so i had one with me and then the other one went to the incubator and um, 
I just remember telling him to just follow that child, just follow that child, just go there, and I've got this one. Um, but I don't know that I, I don't, I never questioned that experience of how was it seeing that kid in me because I didn't see my child until well, the child until um a day later because I couldn't actually walk as well, so I couldn't go and see. So I never saw the child in the incubator, but he was like the first one to see the child and be with the child and everything like that. So I've never yeah. questioned that experience as an experience I don't know I think I was just thinking about me and myself and how I'm, how I'm gonna sort this one out and thinking about if that kid's there and you know what I mean I never really spoke to him about it but yeah again it's the speaking it's the um creating that safe space to la- allow him to tell me his emotions about it but yeah definitely yeah. moving forward I will think about cool. it a lot more ask that more <laughs> so how was the birthing process for you <laughs> Yes, please do. I think someone described it to me as like watching your family in a car crash in slow motion kind of thing. And when when they said that, I was like, yeah, that's actually true. Like you're just, I think part of just being the onlooker, um, obviously it's not as bad as physically experiencing it, of course, but there's an element of like lack of control. You're seeing everything, you know exactly what's going on, um, but you don't have any control over it at all. You can't do anything about it. You're just kind of watching. Um, so yeah it can be difficult man and I think I saw some research recently the birth trauma association I think it's uh, 30,000 or 40,000 year uh, births per year are are kind of registered as traumatic births those are the ones that are just registered like loads of people won't register them and obviously in in a lot of those circumstances the dads will be present Um, but dads are, are only until recently dads have been actually involved in terms of talking therapies and assessed so now, which is really good, is the NHS has changed quite a lot in the last few years, is some trusts will assess new dads um, if they are seen as high risk. So you're high risk if you have, if your partner's had a traumatic birth, if you previously had mental health um, conditions, or if you're, the mother of your child has a mental health diagnosis. You're going to be assessed, um, a conversation, you might be offered talking therapies and stuff like that. But that's only recently really so when my daughter was born in 2015 and prior you know dads weren't really involved in that whatsoever you know midwives didn't really even now some midwives don't really understand the dad's experience you know that's that what you're saying around how the documentary impacted you we've had like a lot of midwives say the same thing um and they do this work on a day-to-day basis but even then they'll be like oh wow i didn't think about that i didn't consider that so yeah i think if we can do that if we can kind of raise the awareness of it and just make sure that um, the conversations are being had. Um, of course, you know, the priority is the mother and that, you know, we're not saying that that should change, but I think the dad should have some provisions and support in place. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. And does it make, is a view of what is traumatic? I don't know whether they would say as an emergency C-section, is that a traumatic birth? Everything happens like the kids are fine. The kids like the yeah I don't know I think the idea of what a traumatic birth is as well because I think you know people just think oh maybe a stillborn birth or whether when the mum yeah. doesn't make it or something you know something detrimental happens um, rather than just the birth not going to plan or whether there was more blood than you expected and just the expectations yeah. from the guy you know in terms of him being an onlooker and not expecting mm. his wife to, or partner to be in that much pain. Yeah, I think they say yeah. it's. I think you basically there's no 
kind of rules or guidance around that. I think it's a traumatic if you say it is. Mm. <laughs> so so um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the worst circumstance. Or maybe it could be the worst circumstance or a pretty bad circumstance. But actually yeah. both the mum and dad actually feel all right and it, they didn't yeah. feel traumatised by it. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think there's a kind of black and white this is or isn't. It's more about what you say it is. Yeah. Um, I think that's how the Birth Trauma Association define it. Yeah, Rachel's saying no rules. There's no rules. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. my birth was traumatic. I ain't doing that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got twins now. It's so cool. You're like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Once I'm done, that's all, man. It must have been tiring at the time, but now you're probably thinking, yo, you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> at the time, even now, I'm still like, oh, maybe I should have waited. Maybe I've like, had children too early and all that kind of stuff. I was saying it to um, a family member today, but now that i don't know about you but once they turn four there's something magical about the age four that just makes them like amazing it's like okay yeah the independence yeah yeah, yeah. like the um personality that just comes out like now we can like really do stuff like i can really do stuff with you and you know you can come home tell me about your day like four is an amazing age and i'm really enjoying it now so I'm like, yeah, they're doing stuff together. They're doing stuff together is fun, isn't it? We can actually do like I like football, obviously, and like being able to go and watch football or play football together. I'm like, this is cool. I do. I will do so this with cool. my friends anyway. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I love it. Um, okay, so let's go back because we skip forward loads. But where did where like who are you? Where did you come from? What did you? What's your life? backstory very simply <laughs> yeah yeah so my parents from Grenada and St Vincent and they came over here in 66 just after the England won the World Cup and my mum moved to Stoke Newington my dad moved to Wembley and then uh, I was born in Wembley we lived there for my early part of my life and then we moved to an area called Sudbury which is in between Eden and Greenford so I lived there uh, went to school in Acton went to uni in Roehampton and yeah, like early kind of childhood was was good, I guess, relatively. I think it's funny, actually, because now I talk to my, my old school quite a lot. And um, actually, they want me to go and hand out some awards at their award ceremony. And it's so funny because out of all the kids in my class, I was never, I never would have been <laughs> the choice of the person I was going to come back and hand out some awards. Like, yeah, I wasn't, there was nothing different about me in school or, or, um, extraordinary I was just like you know I wasn't the loudest kid or the smartest kid or anything I was quite fast and like football but apart from that I kind of just kind of kept my head down really but what I always did I was always a hard worker and I always kind of was interested in doing more than just the normal so when everyone's at school I was either DJing or like I was into skating for a little while so I, was always, I always had my thing that I was doing, which I probably spent more time doing that than actually what I should have been doing. Um, and that just kind of carries on to now, really. I'm kind of the same person. So I think that is probably what's contributed to me then in my 20s, you know, doing music heavy. I was in a band with my wife for a long time. We had a great time, you know, did a few tours and it was really good and, and loved that experience. And then, yeah, in becoming a parent, me needing a space to just kind of get share after after what had happened and a, a space to kind of understand and that started in 2016 and it just grew, it just grew quite 
well, I say quickly, not really quickly, to be honest. <laughs> Very slowly. Um, but there are lots of moments in that journey that I guess are quite pivotal for us being where we are now. Hmm. How was that journey into fatherhood for you? Was it planned, unplanned? Just like, oh my God, we're pregnant. Yeah, it was planned, man. I was broody. I was ready. Like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was so ready. You don't get to that point where it's just like, I kind of feel like I've experienced a lot in life. Mm. and you know, I don't I don't get like FOMO like I want to be doing much now like I still want to mm. do, do stuff of course but the normal going out blah 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 like I've done so much holidays everything so I was ready to to um to yeah be a dad and so when we got married we conceived like about a year later so uh yeah it was cool man it was cool I was ready definitely ready so how was the birth process for you so yeah, the birth process was tough. Was tough. It's tough, you know. Um, we've shared it quite extensively, obviously, in the documentary and our book and everything like that. Um, so my daughter had something called Group B strep, which is a common bacterial infection. About twenty percent of women carry it, um, but normally it doesn't transmit to the child. Mm-hmm. And if it's identified, if Group B strep is identified before the labour, which it's not tested for routinely in the UK, and it should be. It's a very cheap test in America and some Scandinavian countries, they actually test for it routinely. But in the UK, they don't, which I think they should. But if it's picked up, then the mother will get antibiotics during labour. So we got that, but um, bad luck. <laughs> My daughter still contracted the the infection. So it was very long labour, one choose delivery, heart rate scares, all that sort of stuff. Um, wife losing a lot of blood daughter lifeless when she was born had to be resuscitated fluid sucked out of her airways um so yeah it was a mad moment where both of them were in a lot of trouble and then you know two weeks of intensive care after that and luckily i got to stay in the hospital the uh, hospital gave us a room <laughs> which was nice of them mm-hmm. i got to move in rather than going back and forth back home mm-hmm. and stuff every day so yeah, two weeks of intensive care followed, which was up and down. But um, I think we got used to it. Really, it was just like a life. It's like, it like a new life that we just got used to. So we were kind of we were kind of okay. But at the end of the two weeks, my daughter got this bump in the back of her head, uh, and the doctors were really worried about that. We had a new new specialist come in from a different hospital, and he was worried. You know, blood blood clots and that kind of stuff. They were really concerned. So we had to have an emergency MRI scan. And I think that night, that night was the hardest because we had two weeks of being relatively strong, of you know being positive, ups and downs with how the infection was was kind of um, presenting itself. So that was difficult. But ultimately, we were quite positive. But when we got that news at the end of the two weeks, that was really, really difficult. So yeah, we were in the hospital room. It was us three, and then one of the midwives, Nagmir, never forget her name. She came in with us. And she just prayed with us, like, literally all night. And we just yeah. cried and prayed all night, literally for hours. Because we knew the next day was the MRI scan and that was going to be an important moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a really difficult night. Probably the hardest of my life, I think. That night was the hardest night of my life, definitely. And then, yeah, the next day I had the emergency MRI scan. Got the good news that it was bone structure and it was all fine and, you know, we could go home. But... um in going home, obviously, in the UK, we get two weeks paternity leave. So my paternity leave was, <laughs> was finished. Yeah, it was finished, yeah. So, yeah, so it was a few days at home and back to work, you know. And this is 
obviously pre-pandemic when we were going into the office, so back into the nine to five. And yeah, no real time to even be at home really to understand what happened, to accept what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife got counselling for postnatal anxiety. And then over the, the the months, like I was, you know, having flashbacks, I was not sleeping, severe insomnia, I started feeling anxious, like all those kind of things, basically the PTSD that I was diagnosed with later on. Mm. Yeah, it was, you know, I guess that result of the mixture of what had happened, not talking about it, not uh, asking for the support, the support not forthcoming. And then just kind of going back into work and the expectations just to kind of carry on. And I think a lot of dads say the same thing is that the expectation is you just get on with it. You just go back to work and just do your job and you come home and just the rock of the family, you know? And so it might not be PTSD that a lot of dads deal with, but postnatal depression is very common too. You know, one in 10 new dads will experience some kind of postnatal depression in the first six months. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research that's been, that's been kind of showing that recently. So one in 10, that's a lot of men, you know, it's a lot of men. And some of the symptoms of postnatal depression can be things like uh, taking a lot of risks. It can be substance abuse is a big one. Like a lot of men will start drinking heavily or, or drugs or gambling. Um, overworking is a massive one as well. Just diving into work because they're trying to not just not do their responsibilities, but they can't cope with their responsibilities. So they then work a lot more. And then some of the, I guess, um, common symptoms around low mood, um, you know, losing confidence, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's very common. It's very, very common. And I think in the work that I do now, you just realise, like, you know, we did a, we did a um, campaign we just started today called Dad Stories, where we share stories from dads. Um, we post them. We share their story twice a week. We're going to be doing that. And I, I did it and I thought, okay, cool, this will be a cool thing for us to share um, and get to know some of the dads in our community. And the stories that are coming in, and it's just another reminder <laughs> of some of the things that people experience in parenting. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, parenting is great. Disclaimer, it's amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. But when... Technically, technically it's amazing. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I feel like everyone knows, should know that. But... Um, but yeah, some of the stories that people that the dads are sending me, man, like it's deep. Mm-hmm. People saying they, uh, yeah, they they couldn't bond with their baby. Uh, the baby was crying with them all the time. Their manager didn't let them work flex flexibly. They they were knackered. They had um, real low self esteem. You know, they started feeling overly emotional, very anxious, like all these things just normal stories from a lot of different dads. I think what's happened over the time is just that dads and talking about it more, you know, um, you know, we know one in five mums experience postnatal depression. Mums are way more open to talking about that. One in 10 dads, but dads haven't historically spoken. So I think part of what we do with the documentary, with the book, with things like this, with our social media, with our podcast is having conversations and sometimes don't get me wrong it's not all doom and gloom and it's not all <laughs> talking about mental health there's a lot of fun too um but at the end of the day a lot of it is a lot of it is talking about people's challenges you know yeah. and a lot of dads want to have that space to talk about their challenges and once you give them that, that space they take it and they run with it 
I feel like we need to go back a little bit more because I need to know who to praise for allowing you to be so vulnerable. Because as a black man, this is not normal, technically. Yeah. To actually like like the way you're expressing your feelings now, yeah. it's like really it's really good to see. It's really good for us to see. It's really good for like, you know, future generations to see. But like how did you get to that space where you felt, do you know what? This has to be said out loud and I'm gonna find mm. a way to say it. And thought of how we raise our boys to be like that. Because that's yeah, another thing that that's... obviously this is this is going off, but <laughs> you know, obviously you don't have you don't have a son yet. Yeah. yeah. Tell your wife I said yet. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like those kind of things you have to think of how are we how are you gonna how are we raise the next boys to not even have to find this how oh we have to find a, a space. The space is there, it's free, it's you know, mm. be yourselves. Um because yeah, it's refreshing to see. And as I said, you wouldn't even think about asking the guy how did he feel because yeah, he just wants to get on with yeah. it. Um Yeah, it's not do you know I, I don't even do you know where who, I don't know. <laughs> you have to <laughs> I don't know, literally I feel like you know, sometimes you feel like there's purpose. Like, I literally feel like it's, mm. like, I'm quite spiritual. I feel like we all have a purpose in life. And mm. sometimes you just find your purpose, right? Like, it wasn't, yeah. like, this was never part of my plan. My plan was, when I was yeah, younger, it was to be a bass player and like, in a band. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> and then I kind of changed a little bit and I went into D&I. And my plan was to be, like, a senior, indeed, which I actually did. And I was just the uh, head of DNI delivery at the Treasury was my last corporate job. But that was the plan, you know, to be a diversity inclusion person. So then this was never the plan. And I wasn't necessarily like an open person before. But I think, you know, when you experience something and maybe it just hits you probably harder because you weren't that vulnerable person before. Mm. Um it hit me in a in a very profound way, not just the symptoms of PTSD, but just the realization that that your life can take take different turns. You know, you don't you don't know what to you don't know what's coming. In a and that can be a good way as well. Do you know what I mean? Like the last five years of my life have been amazing. I would never have guessed I'd have the life I do now. Do you know what I mean? So so you, you don't know what's coming in a good and bad way, but it's really opened my eyes to the human experience, I think. I think before I was probably in my little bubble, just happy-go-lucky, doing, the, doing whatever I was doing. And now I feel like I'm a lot more aware of the human experience and a lot more aware that my experience is just my experience, you know, and everyone else has their different reality and everyone else experiences the world in a completely different way. And I think it's good to understand that, you know, it's really good to understand that. And then... I think what happened was that when I started MFF, it, I wasn't talking about stuff so openly at all. It was just about talking about being a dad and whatnot. But I think over the years, meeting other people and other people being open with me encouraged me, I think. And then when I really came out was when we did our book last year. It was only last year, to be honest. Yeah. But the reason that was easy was because it was with 20 other people or 19 other people. So there's 20 dads, all, all in all, all kind of sharing in this vulnerable way. Mm-hmm. Um, 20 dads, I think half of them are black, some white, some Asian, mixed race, whatnot. 
so yeah having having that um that kind of movement where it's not just you there's kind of safety in that to be like okay cool we're all sharing we're all sharing so mm-hmm. alex you know lost his wife in childbirth and andy's partner had three miscarriages and uh ian's ian's relationship broke down and he was homeless and tried to commit suicide and you know so it's not just me so all of us sharing our stories at the same time and there's a safety in that and a lot of the dads said that as well it's like oh it's easy now because it's not just me the focus isn't just on elliot's book or whoever's book so yeah i think and then after that people i guess became interested (laughs) um and and the bbc were like we want to make a documentary of like you know of your your experience and your work and whatnot and then you realize that in sharing your story actually there's a lot of power in that you know yeah. and if i can help other people if i can um it's healing as well i find, I find it very very therapeutic um so yeah it's good but ultimately like you know i left my job last year and so i do this full time now um and so for me what, what being open has done has actually been massive for my lifestyle, you know, because all I do now is talk about redefining masculinity and what it means to be a man. Um, I talk about dads and men's mental health. And I talk about kind of working dads and things that people can do to support working dads. Those are the main things I speak about. And I've done like, you know, a lot of research and, and written papers and, do a lot of reading and whatnot but ultimately i'm just being myself every day <laughs> and so my life now is amazing where i get to just chat to people write articles there's lots of admin and stuff behind the scenes as well but yeah i couldn't have dreamed like five years ago that this would be my life yeah. you know so i feel so blessed and i think it has to be purpose and um it's god basically saying for whatever reason elliot you're in this world to do this work and just do it as much as you can and as best you can. Mm. See what happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I need to see, um, give you ideas now. So, can't read my check. <laughs> but I need to see. <laughs> What's the percentage? Depends what the idea is first. We'll, we'll discuss, we'll discuss. Um, okay. Brunch, but this needs to definitely go into schools, like, at, you know, at the secondary school level, because that masculinity is so toxic. And now we've got this whole red pill, blue pill, yellow pill, mm. YouTube section. And you yeah, know, yeah. It's, it's not conducive to our kids growing up, like just especially at that, that peak point where the vulnerability stops. Once you finish primary school, it's like, oh, you've got to be this hard person to be able to get through secondary school. And it'd be really good to just be able to see um more people open up to younger boys and show them yeah. like you don't have to be this tough exterior because life's mm. gonna hit you and it's gonna hit you hard and you're gonna need mm. to share. You're gonna need mm. to find community, you're gonna need to like yeah. you can't be a lone wolf. Um mm. in this and I think some people they just you just learn it too late. Um 100%. Definitely. I mean, on that, so we know, like, we know what the suicide rates are, isn't it? And I don't want to sound extreme, mm-hmm. but um, when it comes to referrals to talking therapies, only a third are men. Mm-hmm. 
the large majority of self-referrals to talking therapies and GPs for physical ailments as well are women. So women are, are much better at seeking help and support and talking about what they're going through. Men are much less likely to do that. But three out of four suicides are men. So men are a lot more likely to take their own life, you know, than women are. And you've got to ask yourself a question, like, why, why is that? <laughs> you know, what, why is it that we're teaching our boys from a young age that, and it's ingrained from a young age as well, yeah. not yeah, to definitely. have the language, not to have the freedom to express positive and negative, you know, or positive, yeah, but not negative, not the challenging moments in life. So I think, yeah, you're right. It does need to be in schools. I actually had a meeting yesterday about doing some work in, in schools and stuff like that. I'm conscious of taking on too much because <laughs> I'm already taking on too much. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely that as well. Yeah. <laughs> there, are some, there are a couple of companies that do that. There's um, Beyond Equality. They do a lot of stuff with masculinity. And they used to be called um, the Good Lab Initiative, but now they're called Beyond Equality. So they do stuff in schools and whatnot. Like, we do do a lot of stuff with adults there around that. So. Okay. I go into a lot of like half my time is spent just working with workplaces and going and doing workshops yeah. and talking to them about the same ideas, you know, and I normally use Slido. Mm -hmm. So it's been online a lot, obviously with COVID. I use Slido and do word clouds and some of the words that come up and the inputs when I ask questions about what, why don't men talk about mental health or, what 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 do you feel are the expectations and pressures on you and a man as a man in 2022 some of the things that come up like it's so emotive I, I, the making the word cloud live and seeing what people are saying and you're just like yo like people are really suffering and hurting out here in silence you know mm. like it's true people are really suffering out here in silence like mm. and just giving them the space to talk about it does so much like we do a lot of events we do our online events called the lodge okay. which is monthly sessions for dads but we also do um partnerships with football clubs called extra time they're events where dads come along and they get like a stadium tour in a football club they get to you know do do um get take pictures and whatnot and we also host conversations around gender roles expectations and mental health we did one at QPR, as you'll see from the documentary. We've got Brentford coming up, hopefully Chelsea as well, and other clubs. And they're so special because there's something around being like men come because they want to come to to a football club and get a tour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's free. Like it's a great, it's actually a great day out. Like it's really mm. good. You get all this stuff for free. Um, but yeah, when we talk to them some of the stuff that people say, you would be so shocked. You might see a man walking down the street and think, oh, that's just a dad going wherever, or a man going wherever. When he tells you his story, you're like, really? Like, there was one guy there that was um, trying for a baby. He got diagnosed with prostate cancer. So they couldn't see for ages, and he had to go through treatment, and that was the whole thing. And then, um, and then they had their baby. His partner got section psychosis and you know he just talks through all that and literally i i, I knew this guy <laughs> mm. we'd seen each other for ages i did not know this yeah do you know what i mean and you're just like yeah. everyone has their story but you won't know necessarily what that story is yeah um, yeah so yeah nice nah, it's, it's it's yes yeah, nice good work really good work yeah no it 
keep it up. We are in your corner. Um, honestly, it's, it's it can only go up from here. Definitely life changing. It's got me to think about how I even think about my husband in terms of being a father and maybe things that he's going through and you know challenges he might have as well um is there any challenges that you bring from your um childhood in terms of into your fatherhood i don't think so i mean i'm like a therapy session now yeah <laughs> <laughs> let's get into it let's get into it <laughs> you're in deep you're like <laughs> No, but that is deep, you know. What happens to the guys who need to be a dad, but they never had a dad? Or do you know what I mean? They just didn't like their dads, or they weren't loved by their dads, and now they have to pretend to love yeah, their yeah. Like, it's, it's really deep. And like, as I said, like, I'm really thinking about this. This fatherhood thing is not, it's not easy for, like, a woman to be a mother, necessarily, because not everyone has those natural mother in- instincts either. But, like, as a dad, it is, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. hard. It's a hard thing yeah. to ask someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not of no, like my dad's very present, loving, you know, um active. And I don't think I mean not in in home, I think there was and I don't think it's linked to fatherhood, but for me, for some reason I've always had I'm quite competitive I've always been quite competitive. I think. And I think that's a good and a bad thing. It's probably a good, it's a good thing in some ways because of work ethic and whatnot. Um, but sometimes maybe I work too hard, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where that comes from. Mm-hmm. But I've always had something where I feel like I need to do more. So and maybe it are you the parent that's like, oh, she comes to the great home and she's got 97. You're like, oh, but why didn't you get 99? No, no. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm like the opposite, to be honest. But my parents okay. definitely were. My mum and dad were. were. <laughs> they were, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were very, like, education, hard work, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it's no. something that I think um, has stayed with me. And, yeah, I've always been... It's a weird one. I've always had like lots of friends, but also been a bit different as well. Um, so maybe there's something in that where being different now and being the one that's willing to be the open and vulnerable doesn't necessarily phase me because I've always been on the outskirts anyway. Like that sometimes comes a mad social recluse. Like I'm literally not. <laughs> it's more. <laughs> I'm not doing myself any justice with this. I'm, so, I'm not saying. Someone, <laughs> someone, lo- someone loves him alone, so that's fine. It doesn't matter. You got a wife. She loves you. No matter what everyone else thinks. <laughs> now, what I'm trying to say is, I think I've always been an individual. Like I've always been. Uh, like growing up, I wasn't necessarily like a bad boy, but I knew the bad boys and got on with them. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't a geek, but knew the geeks and got on with them. So I was that sort of person that would get on with everyone, but. I I was like my own person. I wouldn't fit easily in a particular box. You could say, "Oh, he's like that." Do you know what I mean? So, so I think that's. But yeah, I think that's probably a, served me well actually as I've got older. Yeah, deep question though. Yeah, no, it's it's true. Like I think you know, there's there's this thing, especially that be I'm African, but you know, you've got those parents which would be like, "Oh, 
I want you to be a doctor. They would never take you anywhere to be a doctor. They just want you to be a doctor. They just want to push you, push you, be a doctor, be a doctor. Have you taken me to extra classes? Do you even know if I like chemistry, biology? Do you even know that? No, you don't know anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when I want to say, oh, well, then be an artist. Then it's like, why? 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 It's like, because I can draw. Because, like, this is my passion. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know what I mean? Not necessarily... Yeah. But those kind of things, kind of, t- you take those from your childhood, and you're like, when I'm a parent, oh, I'm never going to do that. My child's going to be able to like yeah. express themselves creatively because you know I was stifled as a child. Um, <laughs> so little things, yeah. <laughs> little no, things true. Like that. It's true. And it doesn't make you think as well. Like, what is it the things that we're doing now that in like twenty years they're going to be like, yeah. I, think, I, heard day, I was having a conversation the other day and it was on the radio actually it was on, it was on Five Live and I was and then we were talking and then there's a caller called in and said that I think he he said what happens is that you kind of overcompensate for the things your parents didn't do but then while you, you're doing that you completely miss the ball somewhere else so you might be like overcompensating that you want them to be creative for example but then you're not instilling work ethic that maybe you had for example I'm not saying those two yeah. things linked like that, but yeah. you may no, be like saying I want to do I want I, I didn't have this I'm going to do that for them then actually you're not, you're not there's something that you're missing that your parents did give you so it's like it's a weird one I don't actually believe that for me anyway that I'm a better parent than my parents I feel like maybe there's some areas that I'm maybe doing more but there's definitely areas I'm doing less yeah, 100% yeah. like I yeah. can't even like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's certain things that I got taught that I don't think I'm probably teaching my daughter, but sort of thing, things that I am teaching my daughter that I didn't get taught. You know, and I think it's really easy to think, oh, like, we're doing a better job. But I don't always, obviously, unless there's real big circumstances there and, you know, where yeah. are then obviously, for some people, yeah. but I'm talking from, in general, from people who had, you know, an okay childhood and whatnot, there's generally some stuff that you're probably missing, so... So, yeah, I, I completely feel that now. And also, for us as well, like, our parents weren't born here, you know, so mm. their their challenges are different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm fully middle class now. This is, is what it is. Do you know what I mean? I have a good income. My wife works now. Like, we can afford the holidays. But... So, my challenges are completely different to what my parents were when they came over here, starting from scratch, you know? So, yeah, it's a different thing. And then you should be in bed now, darling. <laughs> I just saw the hair. I just saw the puffs come through. Am I seeing things? <laughs> yeah, going through a phase now, which is not sleeping very well. But yeah, that's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I just saw the hair puffs. So I was like, yeah, no, <laughs> it's definitely nine thirty. But she was quiet for a long time, so that was good. That's what she's going to sleep. Uh, Are your kids in bed? Yeah, yeah, they're they're gone. They're gone. Of course they are. I came I came home at eight thirty and I opened the door and they were both sleeping already. Because usually when I open the door, it's like, oh, mummy's home, and you hear them, but yeah, no, they're gone. But um, yeah, um, okay. So, what's your favorite thing about fatherhood so far? Then being um, you know, a dad to a gal, I think some like it's it's so nice being that relationship. Um, father and daughter relationship. It's I am I'm, I'm fully jealous. 
a lot of the time <laughs> because uh, this second wife that I didn't, I didn't, I didn't approve of <laughs> second wife. Ah, the girl, nah, she does too much sometimes. I, I cannot. <laughs> No, we have, we have, we have, yeah, we've got, so we do have moments like that, mm-hmm. but a lot of time we like, we like play fight quite a lot. Like we like to wind each other up. <laughs> it sounds so weird, but we do actually wind each other up. I'm quite, in a playful, like joking way. No, um, they do that as well. And I keep telling yeah. her, listen, if you don't win there, if you get hurt, I'm not helping you. Yeah. Yeah, we're like we're, there, yeah. yeah, we're doing the rough play, and mum's like, Oh, you two, stop it. Someone's gonna get hurt. And uh, yeah, sometimes it gets out of hand with, yeah, on a Saturday, we'll just be at home, just running around the house, tickling each other. Do you know what I mean? No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the second you guys don't understand until you figure, realize it. I'm sure if your wife can attest to it, it's the second wife. I don't understand where he came from. Should be coming to take his slippers. Oh, daddy, do you need to get your shoes? Oh, daddy, really? Oh, you need to get your th- no, I don't get that. I'm gonna have to have a word. I did not get my slippers bought to be or anything. Like, no, that's not too much. That's too much. <laughs> yeah, I gotta have words. What's this? What's this? No, I don't, I don't get that achievement. No achievement at all. Yeah, no, she does. She does too much sometimes. I'm just like, does too much. <laughs> but on the other hand, I get lots of kisses and hugs from my son, so it kind okay. of compensates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of compensates, but yeah. What's so so your favorite favorite part of fatherhood? So favorite part. Uh, my favorite part, like, I don't know, man. Favorite part is. Like, it's just like the little joys, you know? It's the little things every day. It's the kind of, like, she, she there's a Lernosaurus every week and one child gets a Lernosaurus. It's like yeah. the, the start of the week kind of thing. And she got it, like, three times. It was really good. And then the last time she got it, it was about, they said that for her, her, her maths work, for being really friendly, um, for showing the class her dance moves. And those kind of things where you just read that and you're like, wow, like, that's our kid, you know, going to yeah. school and being amazing. And, and like, those kind of things just make you super proud. Mm. And so, like, I was taking pictures, sharing it with my mum and my mum and my dad and my wife's mum and stuff like that. And those moments where you're like, yeah, like, that's my, that's my child, you know. So, like, little things like that or little things where we can go and play football together and just run around the park or we've got dogs. So we're going to take the dog for a walk and go running around. Just those little joys. I think mm-hmm. I just enjoy the most, the little things every day. It's hard to like really encapsulate it. But one thing that was pretty cool actually was we were going for um, an allergy test. I think it was last year and it was in, in COVID times. And we had to, uh, we got, we got there, the three of us, we got to the, to the door and the nurse opened the door and she was like, oh, it's COVID. So only one of you, only one parent can come in. So we said to Eleni, I like, who do you want to come in with you? And uh, she chose me, she chose daddy. And I was just like, ah. Second wife, you guys see? You see second wife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, choose daddy. Yeah, man, let's do this. So, like, little things like that when you, like, you get chosen and stuff. <laughs> 
is when I'm taking my property. You, you mum can stay there. I see you all the time. So let me, let me take my property. <laughs> They're too much, honestly. It's crazy. That is, that is really lovely that you have those. It obviously is beef. It's on site. What do you it's mean? Beef. Me that pushed me that carried you for nine months. Or well, if I get chosen? No, man. Yeah. Too daddy, man. Too daddy. <laughs> So we had fun. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> it's it's me. Ask him where's your red book. Ask him where's your red book. Does he know where I know where is? I, I know where the red book is, to be honest. <laughs> Again, like this, you know, yeah, that's this is another thing that we talk about a lot, right? Is mm-hmm. that obviously every household is different and whatnot, but yeah. traditionally dads would have been like the ones that just provide the money and just yeah, make sure the house is in order in terms of things are working and you know, DIY and blah, 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 have the kids on the weekend. Cool. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, whereas now, that's changing pretty fast. Yeah. A lot more dads now are involved in the emotional development of their children. Like a lot of the conversations we're having with dads, a lot of them are in, around the dad's well-being and stuff like that, but a lot of it is around the dad's concerns about their child being bullied or the dad's concerns around their child having uh, some kind of neurodiversity and not um, worrying about them and not wanting to know how to support them mm-hmm. or just their development in general in terms of emotional development or education wise, you know, a lot of dads now are invested in that side of things. Mm-hmm. So they are, they, they, are, they know things around, you know, what's going on with their kid and stuff like that. It's funny actually, because I was <laughs> a couple of months ago, I think it was like last summer, I was in the park and there's this lady that I know, well, her kid goes to the same school, and she was um, in the park with me. I see her. I'm th- I'm doing this pick up most days, four days out of the week. I'm doing up. So I was with her in the park, and she talks to me a lot. Anyway, this one particular day, my wife was there, and she came over to me, and she's like, "Oh, you won't know this. I'll just ask. I'll ask her what." And she went to ask her, like, "Oh, um, do you reckon? Do, do you reckon Eleni would would how many dresses does Eleni have? Do you we've got a spare one? Do, she's older. Do you, do you reckon she'll want one?" And I was like, oh, you could have asked me that question. Like, I know, I know how many school dresses my daughter has. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but she was so surprised. I just thought, that's so funny. You see me here every day yeah. in, the, in the park, yeah. like with you. Yeah. But you still didn't think that me, because I'm a dad, I would not know how many dresses my daughter has. I just thought that was interesting mm-hmm. because you see me here, you see me involved. Why would you still assume? Oh, uh, he's a man who must not know that. Do you know what I mean? It's those kind of assumptions. Definitely, yeah, definitely that assumption. Yeah, definitely. but dads now has changed. Not, so I'm not saying every dad, but in our community at least, and the dads that we're engaging with, a lot of them are fully involved in their children's lives. They share a lot of the aspects of parenting. Um, and it's different, man. It's changing. It's changing now. So, which is great. So we're we're trying to create spaces to discuss that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really good. To be fair, um, I had this issue, at, well, not a really issue at work, but um, they always ask me, like, oh, what about the kids? Oh, what about the kids? I'm like, I don't do much with my children, like, during the week. My husband takes them to school, because it's on his way to work, and then he also picks them up. And yeah. I don't do much with them. Like, as I said, they, I come home, they sleep. I'm not, nice. During the week, I don't do anything with them. They, like... If they see me, it's a, it's a, oh, mommy, wow, you're here. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I say that still. I don't think he knows where their red book is. I still don't think he knows that. Oh, okay. I don't. Know, I don't know if I do either. Because do. those red books, I, man. Yeah. I think they're going electronic now, aren't they? I think they're going to make the electronic now. They probably should. They probably should. Yeah. Because, no, but to be fair, I was really excited to get the red book just because you know it's like part of like the birth and everything. I was like, ah, these red books. But again, mm. I don't think I've picked that thing up again since um, yeah. they finished. But. Yeah, it is, it is a really good thing um, being men being like the fathers being more involved in their kids like just general well-being um, yeah, he does their homework with them as well um, half like half and half up, but I'll find like the reading books and so it's just like a bit of everything and yeah. I think that differs from even my upbringing whereas my dad was nine to five, so when he came home and obviously I was going to bed but then on the weekends I could do something with him like we used to go to McDonald's every Saturday and stuff like that so I had that time with him but day to day it was definitely mum like definitely mum doing everything she knows everything she's booking all the appointments and stuff which I still do to the extent but in terms of like my motherhood but he's definitely more I feel like more hands-on than my dad was um, that's that's, that's so. great. That's like a really good example because I think, yeah, like where, where when I said that, sometimes I feel like I need, even though I know it exists, but it's so good to hear you say that. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's a real life example, isn't it? Of yeah, how just the generations have changed, and in your yeah. household now, like that's not abnormal anymore. Whereas, no. like forty years ago, whatever thirty years ago, that would have been quite strange. Like people would have looked at him like, oh, that's that's different. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah, now, yeah. that's not. It's probably still the minority, but it's not uncommon at all. Do you know what I mean? For dads to be doing that, that's that's becoming more just mainstream. Like so, yeah. But but I think what hasn't happened is society hasn't caught up with that. Mm-hmm. You know, the roles has have changed a lot, not completely, but a lot. But society, in terms of the support available, in terms of provision around paternity leave. In terms of mental health support, in terms of just forums, you know, all that kind of support around it hasn't caught up at all. So, you know, a lot of stuff that we do is obviously with our community and content and whatnot, but there's an element of um, kind of campaigning a little bit as well. So in a documentary, I meet a politician, meet the NHS, the deputy chief, head of midwifery, and ask them questions around, you know, what can they do better? So challenge them on paternity leave, on engaging dads early, that kind of thing. So yeah, there's definitely the um the need for us to change things at a policy level. But I'm a big believer in controlling what you can control first and foremost. And so what can we do with the dads first and foremost? That we can control that. We can do that ourselves. Um but yeah, there's loads to be done. But it's nice to hear about your husband, man. Big him up for me. That's good. No. <laughs> Usually he's in the background. So they I came home a bit later, so he's only sorted himself out. Everyone, that, the, the regulars that come to these lives, they know they always see him in the background. He's opening the fridge and trying to get a drink. And I'm like, listen, I'm doing something here. <laughs> this is the lifestyle, isn't it? At home. I'm not working for Honestly. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's funny how, like, obviously some people still have that perception as well. Like, I was in a was in a well after meeting dinner and my CEO goes to me like oh like are you gonna get in trouble with your husband for coming home late like what about the kids I said what (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) who's getting in trouble (laughs) like this is normal 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, you'd be surprised how many, like, those attitudes are still there. Like, most dads have been asked, are you babysitting your kids? And it's like, nah, yeah. just, just being a dad. <laughs> just being be my GE, you know. Yeah. Too, my child too. Yeah. And um, they even, like, that's the funny thing is, that same appointment where I got chosen, mm-hmm. then we went in, and then, like, it's like the nurse, the nurse wanted me to ask my wife certain questions, which well, wasn't even there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, come on, so what, don't get me wrong. Yeah, there was some okay. stuff that my wife didn't know that I didn't know. Fair play, but it just seemed like she was a, she consumed. She assumed from the beginning that I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I was just like, look, I'm here. Like, I'm actually here. Mm. So, do you think I would be here? if I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Like, come on. Come on, like, you know. So it's not even that the the idea of the absent father. Sometimes people can see a dad in front of them and still assume they don't know what they're talking about. He's not, he doesn't know what we're talking about. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot how to be done to we... down in stereotypes. Yeah, how do we get dads to, like, be more inclusive from young? Like, oh, I've just had a kid. How do I create that space for the dad to come in and obviously do his half well as a partner yeah like how do you feel like i don't know do you take that on or was your was your wife like inclusive like you know how does it work yeah so the thing it starts from the very beginning there's a thing called um well i think there's a thing from when from when like the mum's expecting there are things that the mum can do at that point to just yeah, make the dad feel involved. And I'm not saying that obviously dad has to take responsibility. I'm not saying it's the mum's sole responsibility at all. Like mm-hmm. the dad has to do his part too. But the mum can also encourage, get the dad to play with the kids, speak to the kid in the bump, sing songs, you know, have that time where they can try to bond. Um we did something called called baby prep with our with our um, priest at the time who took us through like what to think about when your baby arrives okay. some of the practical things like who's going to do what like who's going to do the night feeds what's work going to look like um you know what are your expectations mm. for parenting and so doing that it really helps it helps me think about my role as a dad and as a husband with a child um and practically think through things rather than it just happening to me. It was like, okay, cool. Like, not to say it's all going to go to plan, but at least you thought through the process. Mm-hmm. And then what that makes you do is just engage with the process a little bit more. So I think there's things that can be done around that. But then also when the baby comes along, um, I think I mentioned maternal gatekeeping, which is sometimes where the mum will like have her own way of doing things, changing nappies, whatever it is to look after the baby. The dad's at work all day. He comes home and maybe he's, he does things his own way, but they're not the way that the mum does it. And maybe the baby doesn't like it straight away, you know? Um, so he backs off because the baby cries. The mum says, I'll sort it out. And then blah, blah, and he's then backs away further and further and further. So I think there is like letting the dad just make his own mistakes. Mm-hmm. No, just, just, I always I don't really give advice thing wrong I don't give advice <laughs> but I do think it's a good thing to spend time with your baby 
on your own as early as possible just to get used to the baby because you realize what's the worst that's going to happen it's like poo poo and cry or whatever like that's generally the worst that's going to happen right but unless you've had that time to go after your baby by yourself it can be quite daunting i remember when i took my daughter out outside the house on my own for the first time and it was like should i be doing this you know (laughs) You feel this mad responsibility. I think she was yeah. three months old. Three months. She was three months old, and it was like so mad. Oh my gosh! Like, should I be allowed? You know? Yeah, and I, I didn't even do that until they were like five months. I couldn't myself. So imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that thing, but get, getting over is doing it, you know, and learning how to parent by yourself. I think is a really good thing to do. So, and obviously, I'm not saying that it's the mum's responsibility at all. <clears throat> it's you as a couple, you know, and the dad needs to obviously majority of the work to want to to be there but um yeah i think all those sort of things can encourage dad to then be his own parent but then they do need things like paternity leave you know the two weeks is not long enough it's not long enough to be at home support your partner look after your well-being learn how to parent build that bond of your baby like it's just not long enough and then going into a work that may not be flexible again that's then compounded with that lack of availability and flexibility to be able to get involved in drop-offs, pick-ups and bedtimes and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I think all those things can, like, contrive against dads being active involved in the home. And what we know from the research is dads that are more involved in the first kind of six months of the year are more likely to then be involved later on in the child's life. So it is really important that dads are given the space early on to be active because then they're more likely to be, you know, active later on as well. So, yeah, there's a lot in it, but I think... um. It has to be a joint responsibility, you know. It's it's, um, it's it's both. It's both deciding that they want to parent in that way. I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with the letting the dad do it their own way. Listen, I left these children for five days with their dad. Came back, they could take their shoes off. They could put their wow. own clothes on by themselves. I said, "What's going on? What is going on?" <laughs> <laughs> They were like um, two going on three, I believe. So this was what, yeah, this was before, just before the like 2019 September. Um, so we've got four, two going on three, and I came back to like new children. I said, well, yeah. "Wow!" Like uh, I just didn't even know where to fit myself into this yeah. whole thing because, like, again, he just found his own way and doing his own thing, not like. He wasn't doing anything before, but because I guess I was with them a lot more, we all mm. had our own way of doing things. Um, mm-hmm. I had my way of doing things, so yeah, it, it is really key to just let that's that good. do it. Rachel's saying, Rachel saying I wanted it done, I wanted it done my way. <laughs> you gotta bite your tongue, you gotta bite your tongue, look the other way. Um, yeah, look that <laughs> every time I leave these children, they just, they just learn something new. And yeah, the independence that um, obviously he taught them and the way he does things with them is um, completely different. But they, I guess now as well, they also know that. They also know that, okay, yeah, I do things like this with daddy or I do this like with mummy and, you know, but generally it's still a joint unit. Even if you're yeah. like co-parent in two different households, you still have to have that kind of continuity between you as parents, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's one thing that I learned from my parents. Actually, they were very um. What do they say? United Front, where mm-hmm. you want to go and ask mum for something, 
that she says no, so you think you can go and ask dad. And you think maybe dad will say yes, but they've spoken about this already. Yes, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a no. no. It's a no for me. I'm not saying nothing. Go ask him. If he says no, then that's it. That's the answer. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, so fun. Yeah. They are so funny because now, especially Jen, the girl, she'll come and she'll whisper something mm. because she knows that she doesn't want her dad to hear it, but she wants to ask me. And she'll be looking at him just to make sure that he's not listening. Ask me. And oh, then wow. doesn't want to say it out loud. I'm like, can you just say it out loud? Because I don't know what you're trying to do, <laughs> but it's not going to work. <laughs> it's <laughs> how much they take oh as children like they're so fascinating I just think um, it's just so good for obviously them to be in a environment where they're getting lots of different inputs and raising them to be well-rounded kids and in the in the end I think that's the main um, goal of this whole parenthood lifestyle um, yeah but yeah, though no, definitely what you are doing in your field. I know you're doing a lot of things behind the scenes. Obviously, you already spoke about talking to the head of literacy and everything like that. I'm like, who said you there? Like, that is crazy <laughs> that you're doing all of this. Um, and obviously, just want to celebrate you in your field and obviously continue to support you doing what you're doing. Um, continue continue because yeah. obviously oh, it's, it's going to be making the waves it's going to be I appreciate that waves. I appreciate that I do appreciate that thank you so much and big up Rachel as well for inviting me on um, but yeah check out my stuff man check out the documentaries on the BBC iPlayer it's called yeah. Becoming Dad um, I was on Loose Women last week I think it was the week before so you can check out the interviews on YouTube just type in my name Loose Women um, and yeah visit our website musicfootballfatherhood.com Mm -hmm. and that's the platform musicfootballfatherhood.com or you'll mm -hmm. see our app MFF online from here but um, yeah we, we've got loads going on we've got regular podcasts we've got regular blogs we did a blog today around what dads can do for um, their child now it's children's mental health week so we published that mm -hmm. today we've got a podcast coming out tomorrow with a guy called Mark Williams um, who's another mental health campaigner We've got a Brentford event. We're going to start advertising soon. It's going to be at their stadium. We have our book. Go and buy our book. It's an amazing piece of work. 20 dads that have shared around all sorts of type of, of parenting things. Um, so, yeah, loads going on. We're also working on um, some Working Dads Employer Awards, which I think is going to be massive. We're launching that in Parliament on the 24th of May. So we'll get you guys an invite to come along to that. So we've got, um, we're working at the University of Birmingham. And we have partners like Pregnant and Scrooge and Fathered Institute um, and Business in the Community, loads of different like organizations in that space. And they are going to be helping us to launch those awards where we're looking, we're recognizing employers that are doing good work to support working dads. So that's going to be massive as well. So yeah, loads going on. So, you know, engage with us, engage with us. We're going to keep going. We're going to just get bigger and better. There's so much work to do um there's so much so much to do and yeah i personally just brought a lot of gratitude that i'm able to to do it you know um yeah it's amazing but yeah thank you for having me thank you chairman for sending the website address yeah <laughs> um, I have to do it myself you sent it for me thank you <laughs>
all of it, um, obviously, everything will be linked. Um, definitely check out the platforms. We um, get the book, the documentary, all of that, all of that. We support our own and you know you're doing amazing work in the community so thank you thank you um thank you guys for tonight i hope you guys enjoyed the live i've learned some new things um i'm definitely going to be asking dads you know how was birth how was the birth how was the labor <laughs> because that i i'm not i'm genuinely intrigued like i trust me i'm gonna be going to ask everyone um yeah. and yeah you've definitely taught us so much a different mindset um guys we have an event on sunday sip and paint um all the tags and everything are all in our bio all what's sip and paint what's that what's that sip and paint um yeah. so basically you buy yourself a bottle of wine come on team okay. get your um you know paint brushes uh what's that thing called again canvas yeah <laughs> and we all have a um, we have a special guest she's like an artist that does it and she'll teach that's us amazing how to paint amazing yeah oh cool so, mom, what do we call it mumming times like mama's valentine's you know valentine's day oh, i forget no. that is valentine's day so hold on before we go do you get a valentine's day gift for your daughter as well um nah. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think. Do I? Nah, no, no, no. Normally she makes she makes stuff at school. Nah, she makes stuff at school. Yeah, I don't know, man. We haven't really thought about it. It's a weird one, isn't it? Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's a weird one. Like she's you're her first love, so it's like, oh, you know. I yeah, maybe I'll start. Maybe this year. Maybe this year. We'll see. Just give her like a little rose. Yeah, it's half time. Maybe we'll go. We'll buy buy something together. That, that'd be cute that'd be I'm thinking of doing a little half term box for the twins as well because I don't I would give them fantastic gifts but I was like oh it's half term give them a little box with like some activity books and stuff be cute yeah. um yeah because you need to set up how how the guys are coming to support her yeah it's, it's not, true it's not it's just true. any guy you know yeah you're right <laughs> that's, that's that's a whole other topic of another day exactly. <laughs> I'm sure if you're anything like my husband as well, like not till she's 25, she ain't looking at nothing, anyone. So yeah, yeah. Um, we <laughs> I can't even think about this right now. Like. <laughs> so, my, my friend's kids, um, our kids are born like in the same month, and her teeth fell out, and I was like, oh my god, that's next. Like, teeth coming out, and yeah, like, teeth oh. coming out. My daughter's teeth came out in Ibiza, actually. That was mad. So, we got her AM. We had a, a a Spanish tooth lady, and my wife wrote us. <laughs> I know it in Spanish was pretty cool. Oh wow! Yeah, the teeth coming out thing is mad. Yeah, just overnight. Oh, anyway, thank you, thank you guys. We'll be here forever if we continue talking. Um, so yeah, we have a walk tomorrow as well. Rachel's giving me notes. We have a walk tomorrow, so um, definitely um catch us with all our events and keep in contact with our page and you know we'll be doing lots of stuff over the half term as well so we'll see you bye cool. guys all right Thank take you. care see ya. See ya. bye